You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. We want to uh, lift up and recognize our mothers today, and today being Mother's Day. And so um, I took this excerpt from um, Amy Young. She's an author, a Christian author, who has also written a lot of books on uh, female discipleship and motherhood. And I felt she, um, what she had said here is, is appropriate. And so to honor this day, uh, I want to go ahead and just read this from her, an excerpt from her book. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wearing the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make things harder. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and dis distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have aborted children, we remember them and you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we recognize your hardships, your longings, and your life that may be full of grace. To those who are step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we wait with you. To those who have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and we celebrate with you. To those who place children for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. Happy Mother's Day. May all the women, mothers, and the sisters of our English ministry, Shining Star, please stand up so we can recognize you today. And can all the guys and all the men, all the brothers next to them, just look up and say, we honor and we love you. We honor and we love you all. Thank you so much. Please take a seat. I want to open up with uh, just a word of prayer for our mothers uh, in particular, but also our sisters of our Shining Star EM here. Um, so we could bow our heads for a moment. Father, we thank you that you are such a gracious Father and that in your goodness you have gracefully and graciously just filled our lives with amazing women, uh, women who have challenged us, women who have certainly encouraged and lifted us up, and we know that life would not be the same without them. But we do ask um, that you would lift them up now, wherever they are in their lives, whatever stage it may be, whether they have children or not, whether they're married or not. 
whether they're single or they have just entered college or exited college and have entered the professional world. Regardless, Father, we know that these women are yours, and they are your children. They are your daughters. And so we pray that you would lift them up, help them to grow, not just as a Proverbs 31 woman, for we know that that is perfection, but we do pray that they would worship the one who is perfection, that they would constantly surrender themselves upon the foot of Jesus Christ, and Lord, that you would continue to lead them and empower them and fill them with holiness and faithfulness. God, we thank you and we honor you today on this Mother's Day, but we also acknowledge and honor our fellow sisters here at Shining Star Community Church. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Without further ado, I want to introduce to you all our guest speaker today. His name is Pastor John Kim, and um, he, he'll talk a little bit more about who he is and where he's come from, but he is the pastor at Riverside Community Church, and he is a part of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Now, if you joined us last night uh, in the main sanctuary, you probably saw the choir kids who came out and probably displayed an amazing performance. It was, um, it was pretty empowering. Um, it was a tribute to just the, um, the, the way that the Spirit of God is moving in the hearts of the current people uh, and how salvation had come. And so it was, a, it was a brilliant display of also the gospel message. And so if you're there, like I was, like my wife and I, uh, we are truly blessed. And so we thank you, Pastor John, for leading that. Um, so he'll come up, but uh, I want to go ahead and, you know, if we could all put our hands together and Lift up our dear pastor, Pastor John here, who will be coming to share the message today. So if you can come up here real quick. Very honored to be here at Shining Star. And I kind of came here in a sort of roundabout way. I mean, David just did mention that, uh, uh, that I've been traveling with a group of children's choir uh, from Korea. And um, they just left. I think they left a little bit ago after they sang at your third service, I think it is. And uh, we do head back uh, home to Korea uh, tomorrow morning. And my name, uh, as it shows, is John Kim, the most co uh, common English name John, and the most common English, I mean, Korean name Kim, right? Uh, they do call me Johan in Korea, so name in Korea is a little bit different. But anyway, I'm really happy and excited to be here. And I tour with the children, not all the time. Uh, there are different choir groups that I, I tour with, and this time we actually came uh, for a few performances, and the reason we were in D.C. was to for the children to perform at an event called uh, Summit for Persecuted Christians. So there were people actually gathered from pretty much all over the world, representing different countries and different parts of the world, Christians who are being persecuted. And you probably know uh, some about them. So we had the privilege of traveling, coming here with uh, six uh, North Koreans who uh, successfully escaped North Korea um, and uh, they, got, they came and, and kind of shared their story a little bit at the State Department as well as uh, this event called the Summit. And they went back yesterday back to Korea. So a very uh, interesting and shocking story. So if you would, I know your church is really big on missions. Um, but also remember that there are a lot of persecuted Christians around us. We may not be that aware of it, aware of it because we're, we just don't, you know, we have the freedom to worship and praise and pray and whatnot. But 
So if you would remember that, that would, that would be awesome. I do have a family. I mean, my dad is Korean. My mother is uh, an American. She's from Michigan. So they call me, like if you go to Hawaii, they call people like me Hapa, Hapa Ali. In Korea, they call people like me Jampong. I don't know if you know that word. Uh, that means kind of mixed, half-breed, you know, whatever. So I am, you know, sort of, I grew up in Korea and uh, spent, I mean, went to school in the States for a little bit, but, uh, and I have one wife and three children. Uh, they're not here with me, unfortunately. Um, our oldest daughter, Abby, is in school in Boston, and we have a boy in high school and a daughter in middle school. So that's sort of my family, and um, yeah. But I, I have uh, great appreciation for children, I mean, for all people, parents too. Today is Mother's Day, after all, right? And uh, I have a great appreciation for moms and dads and all that and all people. But I do work quite a bit with children and sometimes actually with youth as well. So I brought a little book with me that I want to share. Some of you might be familiar with this book. Um, for some of you, it may be new. Uh, but it's called Children's Letters to God. Anybody familiar with the book? No? Okay. Um, well, we don't have a lot of time, so I won't read. I mean, they're short. But if you're interested, you could probably, you know, order one on Amazon or whatever. Um, but they're, you know, children are great. Because one thing, the one reason I share this, because children teach us many things, right? I mean, parents teach us a lot too. But we can also learn a great deal from children, can't we? Anyway, this children's book is, is about, like, maybe prayers or concerns or requests. Uh, different, different things that different children uh, recorded. Uh, this little girl by the name of Norma asked this question, Dear God, did you mean for giraffe to look like that or was it an accident? You know, and she has a little picture drawing of a giraffe. And uh, uh, they're really awesome. Uh, Neil, little, ba little boy by the name of Neil, I guess he was in church at a wedding and he was sort of confused because he asked this question, Dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Fair question, right? He wasn't sure about that. And Arnold asks, and this is a little bit of a religious or maybe spiritual question, because Ar Arnold goes, God, it's okay that you made different religions, but don't you get mixed up sometimes? <laughs> Cute, right? Um, just a couple more. Nan says this. This is really cute. Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. How many of you can relate? Yeah. And uh, Marsha goes, I guess her brother explained something about how a baby is born, you know, into this world. And she goes, dear God, my brother told me about being born, but it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> I don't know how he explained it. Um, uh, uh, is this Mickey? Yeah, Mickey goes, Dear God, if you watch in church on Sunday, I will show you my new shoes. That's cute, right? Maybe just one more. Um, yeah, I like this one. Nora goes, Dear God, I don't ever feel alone since I found out about you. Is that cool or what? So that's uh, little excerpts from uh, Children's Letters to God. If you're interested, you can pick one up. I think, I think it's kind of neat. But I think... Uh, what Nora was saying there at the end, you know, since I found out about you, God, I don't ever feel alone anymore. And, and I think this little book where children often teach us about the element of trust, 
And, and as we are gathered here in, in, in worship, uh, it's sort of like making a statement, isn't it? And when we say we trust in God, uh, it's like saying, you know, I, I, I take a stand. It's like taking a stand, right? Taking a stand with God. And, and that can mean different things for, you know, different people. Because, you know, we don't all do the same, you know, same type of work or we don't go to the same school. Or, so taking a stand for God may, mean, may look a little different for each of us. But the very fact that we are here gathered as God's family and that we are His children and, and followers of Christ, you know, fully devoted followers of Christ, it means, you know, I want to take a stand in my life. Worship means that, right? When we worship and sing like we sung before. This means I'm, I'm going to take a stand for you, God. And, and, you know, it's not easy. It's not always easy, is it? I mean, you know this. That it's not easy to stand, take a stand for God and, and walk with Him and to fully trust in Him. It's not easy. It's like for me, uh, I mean, I could tell you several stories, but one, you know, what I like to tell people sometimes is that, you know, one of the most difficult times or challenge for me, I mean, it may sound pretty silly to you, but it's like when my wife would once in a while, once in a blue moon, she would ask me, she's, as she's running into a, a, a women's restroom, you know, she would say, could you hold my purse for a sec, you know? And so here I am, I'm standing in front of the women's bathroom, right outside it, and holding a, a pink purse. I mean, it doesn't even match my outfit. And I'm holding on to this pink purse, you know? But, but you know, in those moments, what are you going to do? I mean, for those of us who are, who are maybe married in this room, you know, are you going to take out your man card and say, no can do, you know? No, no thanks. Or are you going to really be faithful to your wife and take a stance and, and say, you know, I'm, and, and commit, you know, full devotion to your wife? So that's like taking a stand, isn't it? So it means different things for different people. But I hope we can kind of uh, take a moment and, and, you know, consider for ourselves, okay, what does it mean for me? For me to trust in God and to fully, fully rely on Him and to take a stand uh, for God. And it's not always easy, so we need the Spirit's help to do that, don't we? Um, the, today's title is, is Wow. And I just, I just say this because there's a passage in Psalm 40 and verse 5. I, I want to read from verse 1 to 5, but I think even if I just read verse 5, it should be sufficient. And I just want to read that. Um, I think you just have the, the you know, passage, Psalm 45, in your bulletin. Um, but let me read this uh, for you, verse 5 of Psalm, Psalm 40. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, there would be too many to declare. Translated, you know, you are just amazing. So I, I want to take this one word, you know, there's a word, wonders you have done, right? And this is recorded in Psalm 40, verse 5, the wonders you have, and it's different. The wonders that God has done for you is different from the wonders that He has done in my life, right? So we have, we all have stories that we could tell, you know, about our lives, about God, His activity in our lives. And this is what the psalmist is saying. You know, the activities and the work and the miracle that you've performed and are performing in my life are just amazing. The wonders are just, just too many to, for me to count. You know, they're, they're just, I can't. They're numerous. 
And that's what he's saying. So if we take that word wonders, in another word, it's, it's like, wow. Wow, God. Wow. And so my prayer for you, I mentioned, you know, I came here in a roundabout way, you know, to Shining Star and to meet you guys. I spoke twice in the Korean service, but, you know, I didn't know I was going to be meeting you guys just a couple weeks back. You know, I didn't know this. You didn't know anything about me. But somehow, God brought this together. And I hope we can witness I hope we can tell the wonders of God, you know, in your life. And I hope you can share them to people around you as we, as we ourselves witness those wonders in our lives. Um, there's, another, there's another book that I love, one of my favorites called uh, Dinosaur Soup. Anybody have heard of this one? No? Okay. Anyway, it's a good book too. And it, I just, I'm into children. You can tell it's obvious, right? And this is a recipe book by children. You know, how strange is that, right? But it's great. I, mean, I don't have time to share a lot, but I'll just share a few. Devon, uh, by age four, he, he, goes, he asks this question. And this is his recipe for making blueberry muffins. How many of you like blueberry muffins? We all do, right? Yeah. I think I had one this morning, actually, at Pete's. But anyway, this is his recipe for blueberry muffins. Blueberry, important. Sugar, dough, salt. Put into muffin things. Put them in the oven. Keep them there for a while. Take out, eat them. Okay? That's how you make blueberry muffins. And Chloe, who's six years old, uh, this is her recipe for hot dogs. First, you get out the buns. Next, you cook the dogs. Okay? Put them in the oven on hot. That's why they're called hot dogs. Then, when the dogs are done, you put them in the buns and then you eat it. That's how you make a hot dog. Simple. And then this is, this is a great one. This is how the book is entitled Dinosaur Soup. Ethan, age three and a half. This is his recipe for dinosaur soup. Imagine that. Take four dinosaurs. Not an easy task, is it? Put in a bowl. Not an easy task, is it? Add some water. Put in the microwave. Eat it for seven days. <laughs> That's Ethan's recipe for dinosaur soup. So if you're interested, I don't know. I don't know where you're going to find the dinosaurs. But anyway, and baking a cake. And one more. Maddie, who's four years old, says this. You use some cake mix and some eggs and some butter, and that's all. Then you use a mixer and mix it and put it in the oven to bake it for 1,000 hours. Then you put sprinkles on it, and you go to a party. That's it. But, you know, the reason I share this is the Bible is, in a way, sort of like a recipe book, isn't it? But it doesn't just give us how-tos or information. So in that sense, it's, it's much more than just something that gives us information and insight. But it gives us so much more, so much more than that. And that's exactly what the psalmist is saying in this passage in Psalm 40, verse 5. That's why I think this word can be translated in a wow, a loose translation, wow, to marvel or gaze upon, if you will. Uh, so when is it, if I may ask, that you find yourself saying, wow, the most? Especially in your walk with God, in your relationship with Him. Um, I don't know, there are different ways I think we can say, wow, right? But I hope you can say, wow, uh, in the beauty of God's creation, whenever you witness them. Maybe when you go for a stroll, a short walk in the morning or afternoon, wherever it is that you like to go on walks. And you just 
see God's nature and the beauty of his creation. I hope you can take a moment from time to time. Maybe when you see the sunrise. Uh, you know, different ways that we can appreciate God's work of creation, right? And in those moments, I hope you can stop and pause and say, wow, thank you, God. Wow, it's beautiful. And, and I also hope that you can notice beauty in small things and say, wow. You know, Isaac Newton said, just by observing the thumb alone, thumb alone, I am convinced of a creator God. In other words, when Isaac Newton observed the function of his thumb, he went, wow, right? So in the little things, we can see the fingerprints of God. Often, we don't recognize it as, you know, something that God is doing, something that God is involved in, but I hope you can notice those small things. You know, our family was on a flight once from Denver to Orange County a few years ago. I lived in Chicago a while and LA, South Orange County a while. Now we live in uh, South Korea. But we were flying from Denver to Orange County a few years back. And, and, you know, we always tell our kids to not only behave, but like, don't stare at people. In Korea, I don't know what it is, but people stare a lot. So I'm, I'm still, I mean, I've been living there a while, but I still get really uneasy and uncomfortable. I, I don't know what it is. It's just... It's a staring culture. I don't know if there's some kind of competition. I mean, I hope you guys don't do that here, right? I don't think you do, but, but I mean, so, so, I mean, it makes me kind of uneasy sometimes. And if I have like foreign guests, uh, which I do quite often, I mean, I feel very uneasy because I'm afraid that somebody might just stare them down. So one of the things, I mean, I, we try to teach our children, you know, several different things, but one of them that I emphasize, maybe I overemphasize because I don't want them growing up staring people down, you know? So I don't stare, you know, don't stare. But we, got, we were on this flight. And, you know, all our kids know the rule. You know, you're not supposed to stare at people, you know? So uh, even if they look different from you, you know, don't stare. You know, it's just not a cool thing to do. But, but at the time, our, our youngest daughter, Rachel, was like six or seven. And she was, you know, and you can understand this, I think, but she was really into tattoos at that time. And what I mean by, you know, body art and tattoo, and for her, it was those uh, things that, little stickers you got out of cereal boxes, you, right? So she would like, you know, lick them and or put water on them and put them all over her i mean she would just plaster them all over her body pretty much because she was just i, I guess that was just sort of like cool you know she couldn't be wow this thing actually you know i can put you know whatever different images you know and and disney figures and whatever you know on my shoulders and that was the coolest thing for her. she didn't care about dolls or any other thing she, at that time at least you know she was really into these sticker uh tattoos Anyway, we got on this flight, you know, from Denver to South, you know, Orange County, uh, and, and we, we somehow, we made the reservations kind of late or whatever happened. We're in the way in the back, you know, the best seats on the plane, right? Way in the back. And then we were, the thing is, our seats were all separated from each other. There's five of us, but all in different, right? All towards the back, but all in different places. Well, Rachel was the only one, you know, her mom, my wife Jenny was sitting next to her. The rest of us were all separate. And then... You know, right next to Rachel was this huge dude. I mean, like a biker. Okay, can you imagine a biker? I mean, he was wearing like leather everything. Leather pants, you know, leather vest. But he was wearing like a t-shirt. So you could see, I mean, this big dude. And I mean, muscular. It's all get out. And so, and he had like tattoos all across his neck, his shoulders, you know, everywhere. And my daughter, Rachel, was just mesmerized. 
I mean, that was the coolest thing on earth that she's seen so far, you know. So she was just checking him out, you know, up and down. And, you know, so I keep turning back. You know, but I, I couldn't stop her, you know. And then all of a sudden, she got so excited. And she had one of those, you know, sticker tattoos, you know, on her shoulder. She looks at the dude. And all of a sudden, in, in a very, very excited manner, she, like, lifts her, you know, in a part of her yeah, shirt. And she goes, you want to see my tattoo? You know, <laughs> like that. But that's how kids are, you know. And, and it's just, it's great to be around kids. And even when we, you know, hear children crying, or laughing, and we have a few little ones in the room, and when or when we see them, you know, running around in a park, um, wherever. I hope we can see the beauty in small things, and say, "Wow!" And there are a lot of other things, but let me just point out maybe one or one or two. Um, I hope you can say, "Wow!" When it comes to relationships. After all, today is Mother's Day, and Pastor Im in the Korean service, and Dave also mentioned about you know, moms, role of moms and dads. And, uh, and we really celebrate with you today. You know, it's amazing. It's not easy being a mom. It doesn't just happen. But we have other relationships too. Some of us may be dating. Some of you may be engaged. Some of you... Maybe hope to be dating. We're all at different stages in life. But we can think about those relationships. But I hope you can say, wow. And say thank you to God for the relationships that he's made possible in our lives. You know, can you imagine your life without the people whom you deeply care about? I mean, is that even possible? I mean, how empty would that feel? Obviously, none of us would be here today were it not for our family. So it's natural for us, isn't it, to say, wow, when we think of those who are dear to us. Because that's also a way of expressing our gratitude and recognizing God's activity and favor in our lives. Relationships are like that. Such a gift, isn't it? I once attended a church service and noticed something really funny in the back of the bulletin, you know, like this, what we got today. Uh, it's, it's, it's so funny. It was announcing that the church was having a bazaar. I think you are having one too, right? Yeah. And it went like this. Bring everything and anything you'd like to get rid of and be sure to bring your husbands too. <laughs> I think it was a mistake, right? But it's like saying, if you want to get rid of your husbands, be sure to bring them to the church bazaar and we'll help you out. Anyway, but relationships are precious. And, and you know, God brings them about. But I wonder how often we pause and say, wow, you know, and offer a, a prayer for them. Uh, I just want to mention one more in closing. And I hope you can say, wow, a lot, a lot when you reflect on God's grace and activity in your life. And coming to church and showing up at worship or in your small groups or when we do quiet times alone, those are beautiful and wonderful occasions to recognize His grace in our lives, isn't it? Worship like this, when we sing together, when God's people come together and join hands, and when we pray together, 
You know, one of the greatest disease in our world, to me, as I see it, is that, you know, I will be happy when, da-da-da. You know, I'll be happy when I land my dream job, or I'll be happy when I make my first million. I'll be happy, you know, when I find that beautiful home. You know, there's a lot of things like that, isn't there? Um, there's a guy named uh, Liz, a gal named Liz, who, who once I heard her testimony at a church in South Orange County. And uh, she talks about a summer missions trip. And I think you have those as well here. But And uh, so Liz goes on a summer missions trip from her church. Uh, she's a high school senior. And she goes with a few college students and a few high school students from her church, a church called Yorba Linda Press, Paterian Church. And she meets, what they do is they go to San Francisco every summer. Some of them go on, you know, foreign missions, but uh, there's a church tr tr tradition where they take a group of people uh, to San Francisco. And uh, uh, just across on one side of the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, there's, there's a several, you know, like homeless and uh, people with drug addictions and so forth that kind of hang out. And that's where they usually go and try to share Christ. They're usually, they usually go in groups of two. And Liz got to meet this guy by the name of Jimmy, rather young guy. But you could tell it was easy when you know, Liz shared later on that he was fighting drug addiction, among other things. But Liz was brave enough. And this guy, Jimmy, you know, opened up. He was willing to listen to what Liz had to share about Christ and what God has done in her life. So he began to open up, and so she boldly shared Christ. And then, and then so she invited a couple of her friends to come together and say, this is Jimmy. And she's introducing her friends to Jimmy. And then, you know, since Jimmy was so, um, you know, open about the matter of them sharing their faith, uh, Liz thought it would be cool for them to pray together. Because, you know, what, I mean, what more could you do? And, and I don't know if they would ever meet again. So, so she sort of, Liz sort of invited Jimmy and her friends. Let's kind of like draw a small circle and let's just pray together before we say goodbye. And Jimmy kind of startled him. And he just sort of like stopped right in the middle and he couldn't really hold her hands. And Jimmy explained to Liz, I would love to do that, but I can't. I don't feel like I can't. I can't because my hands are too dirty. Can you imagine that? And I don't know exactly what he meant by saying my hands are too dirty. Maybe he's done too many things that we would consider to be as being dirty, whatever that might be. So he didn't, although he appreciated the idea of them praying with him and for him, he felt like he couldn't do that. His conscience didn't, didn't, wouldn't allow it. But the beautiful thing is I heard the story from Liz herself as she was you know, reporting about their missions trip. She said this to Jimmy, it's okay, Jimmy, because my hands are dirty too. And soon after that, as Liz shared that, Jimmy did open up his hands and they held hands together. 
made a Jerusalem, a small circle, and, and prayed for each other. But it's like that, isn't it? And our stories are different. But it's basically, you know, for us to say, wow, is recognizing God's grace and His activity in our lives. So I hope you can pause on a regular basis. I hope you can stop, maybe on a daily basis, and say, wow, wow. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor John. If you have the praise team come up here as we conclude our service. In response to what we've heard, if you could take a moment and bow our heads in prayer. I think what Pastor John said in the end really summed up what the cross is all about and that it staggers us to realize that in spite of the dirtiness of our hands, that God in his faithfulness would be so loving to send his son and that his son would shed his own blood and that blood would cleanse us from our dirtiness. That to me is the wow factor, is it not? So could we take a moment and just worship and pray, pray with thanksgiving, pray in gratitude, pray remembering it's all that Christ has done. So let's take a moment and just do that. Okay, and then we'll go into our, our final song. Let's pray.